asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing the new relief bill, 2021 predictions, and getting paid in Bitcoin. Happy New Year's, buddy. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year to all to our listeners all out of there. Our listeners out there. I'm sure everyone yeah. is excited for 2020 to be over and done with. Move on to a new year. I'm pretty sure everyone is just ready for us to stop saying, ah, we're so looking forward to 2021. <laughs> <laughs> we're so ready for 2020 to be behind all us. All right, let's stop that. Let's just yeah. be like, all right, we're thankful. Let's keep moving on. <laughs> yes. It's, it's going to be a good year. Uh, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about today on the show, Matt. Uh, but before we get there, I wanted to ask you, did your kiddos have a favorite Christmas present that, that they received uh, last week? No, because we don't do Christmas presents anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have to love think about that for a second. Being in your family. Uh, what about you? I guess do you have one in mind? What your your kids really? You don't really get them Christmas presents. No, they, they've got gifts. I need okay. to think about it for a okay. second. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I was like, you are the Grinch uh, himself. Uh, yes, no. So I got my kids a trampoline. And I got to say, I think it was the best gift that they got. And one, the day that they got it, uh, I gave it to them on Christmas Eve. It was raining here and they still got out and played for like a long time and it was awesome to watch. But it's like- And kinda... then they caught pneumonia. So was it worth it or not? <laughs> <laughs> but it really is like the perfect pandemic gift because yeah. they're getting exercise. They're they're outside. They want to be outside. Um, and it, you know, all three kids were enjoying it, even the one-year-old. So I don't know. I think the trampoline was a, a major hit this year. Is, uh, is Ezzy the egg? Does he sit in the middle while the girls hop around and they try to crack the egg pretty much is that what it's called crack the egg that's what we called it when i was a kid you like sit in the middle 
you wrap your arms around your knees and everyone jumps around you until you like basically crack the egg, right? Until you put your <laughs> arms down to, to brace yourself. I used to love that game. Yeah, it's probably uh, not the best for a one-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you see, see some we hospital need, We need bills. to clarify to folks we are not being serious at all <laughs> that that would be a one-year-old's place on the trampoline. But uh, well, so how much was a trampoline? Did you buy it at Costco? I'm no, assuming? not at Costco. No, no, it was a, it was a Black Friday deal. I okay. think it was one hundred and thirty-five dollars. Um, that's way cheaper than I was thinking it would be. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't too bad. I was in my um, mind. That's like a three to four hundred, maybe even like five hundred dollar gift. Yeah, no, for some, I, I thought it was two, and then I looked into it, and I was like, oh wow, you can get a trampoline for a reasonable price. And I feel like the payoff is totally going to be worth that money too. Yes, as long as your kids don't catch pneumonia or uh, end up with a, like a broken ankle, broken yes. leg, which we have friends uh, who have had that happen to them. You just can't jump the same time as your kids are jumping. <laughs> That's how you break the leg. That's what I've heard. Okay, but for us, uh, it's we'll go in a very different direction, which is uh, we've got a couple sets of magnetiles, mm. uh, which do y'all have, y'all have some of those as we well, do. right? Yeah. yeah, we've got a couple sets that we've combined into this like one massive <laughs> set of magnetiles, uh, and the girls got a marble run edition. Oh, nice! And so basically, it turns their castles and buildings and cafes, just the different things that they make, uh, into having this marble run that kind of goes through it as well. So for them, man, just having something like that where they can create where the options are kind of limitless is a huge win in my book. They love it. Super affordable. It's not much money at all. And like those other magnetile sets, we're able to, I mean, you can combine them into one massive set. So it's not like, I don't know, one type of Lego that's, you have to keep, you know, siloed from these other Legos because it doesn't quite fit or you don't want the pieces to, uh, to get mixed up. But that being said, uh, the girls have also been playing a ton with cardboard boxes, <laughs> uh, which also serves the same purpose, right? Uh, you build with these things and there are limitless options. So, you know, when we got the wood stove, uh, I installed it myself and there's a lot of uh, chimney and stovepipe that you have to purchase. And all these pipes showed up in these massive boxes. Well, we've kept those boxes around and that's what the girls have been playing with. And dude, I'm, I'm not even kidding. They've been building like benches out of them. They've made slides, surfboards. They turned one of the bigger ones into a boat. <laughs> uh, but these are all completely free uh, pieces of entertainment that they've received. Uh, and they are still sticking around our house. It's been close to a month now that they've been playing with these things. Uh, no joke. They've been playing with those things more than they have any other toy in our entire house. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's kind of fun to see that. that the kids it's ridiculous. Gravitate towards the free stuff. And then sometimes it's infuriating. You're like, play with the stuff that cost us money. Trying to think of the perfect gift and here you are <laughs> literally playing with a box yeah. for, for weeks. It's but, amazing how kids do that. But I, I also love it though because it just proves that you don't need you know tons of fancy stuff. Just get yourself some quality toys or find whatever it is that resonates with your kids the most. Hopefully that's what a lot of our listeners did this past Christmas uh, over the past holidays. They didn't spend too much money uh, but they're able to, to find you know a few of those items that really strike a chord with their kids. Yeah and if anybody out there found the perfect gift, inexpensive gift for, for their kids or expensive gift. I don't know. Sometimes it's worth spending money, right? Like to see the smile on your kids' faces and, and to see something that they're going to use for months and months and months and maybe years to come. Uh, let us know in the Facebook group. I'd love to hear what you got for your kids this Christmas. Dude, so, sometimes it's just random stuff too. Kate just told me about a friend of hers. This is another one I just thought of. And every year they fill uh, the kids' stockings. They go to the hardware store and they just buy random pieces of hardware, <laughs> like little <laughs> clips and, and weird looking springs and just kind of just random looking stuff that you see kids collect anyway. And they will fill their stockings with a bunch of those items and the kids just have a blast you know they don't know what these things are but they're still a ton of fun and the best of all they don't cost any money right yeah, yeah. Or, or very little very little you don't 
yeah. don't go to the hardware store and steal stuff <laughs> <laughs> but they they probably could have just like dug up in your backyard and found some of that stuff for free too also true we have a lot of trash treasures in the backyard for sure all right well let's get on to the friday flight uh, a sampling of stories that matt and i found interesting this week that relate back to your personal finances and we call our friday episodes the friday flight because matt and i on most of the other episodes we drink beer uh we like beer and you know typically you the go best somewhere craft beers yeah the best craft beers and typically oh, yeah. you, you go somewhere to get a craft beer and you can order a flight of uh, you know a sample of a few different kinds of beers that you want to try and that's kind of what our friday episodes are they're a sampling of different stories that are going to impact the way that you think about money yeah all the good stuff none of the stuff you don't want <laughs> <laughs> that's what we try for uh all right let's talk a, a couple of stories you know there was one matt about a an nfl player russell okung never heard of him okay yeah i think i'd heard his name but yeah. i couldn't tell you who he plays for or what <laughs> position actually uh but it, it's the, there were the, all these articles floating around that were saying that that this player gets paid in bitcoin and i was like what the nfl's paying people in bitcoin now that's crazy but it turns out that's not entirely accurate he doesn't actually get paid in cryptocurrency instead he actually chooses to invest about half of his salary in bitcoin so obviously that's a big difference but it's an interesting strategy is not one that i would consider putting half of my um, salary into bitcoin but then again matt i don't make millions of dollars and i you know I not think, yet buddy <laughs> not yet <laughs> and i guess if if i did i could stand to have a riskier investing strategy uh, do a little more speculation but still, just interesting to see that someone is that bullish on Bitcoin that they're, <laughs> they're putting half of their salary there. Yeah, well, and since we're talking uh, the intersection of money and sports, uh, dude, it turns out that your favorite store, Costco, is selling a baseball that was signed by Babe Ruth. Dang. Like, literally, it was signed by the man himself. Uh, it'll only set you back $64,000, <laughs> or actually right at two Bitcoins. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> so, not only can you purchase uh, a seven-pound tub of Nutella uh, at Costco, you can also pick up all sorts of different sports memorabilia. And, and I will say, you, you don't want to put your Babe Ruth signed baseball in that seven pound of course Nutella. Yeah. It loses all its value. <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, it's, it's worth mentioning, man. This is definitely a check mark in favor of Costco and the uh, Costco versus Aldi debate. You <laughs> the know, you the fact that you can buy overpriced sports <laughs> memorabilia. Over, yeah, that, but I mean, there's all sorts of random stuff. I went digging a little bit and I saw that at Costco, I mean, you can, like, they, they'll sell a $20,000 bottle of whiskey. And I don't know what they do with this stuff because does someone actually walk in the store, see that and you know well yeah yeah let's put that on my amex gold card like uh it's just well, it, well it's visa only at costco so just letting you know oh is it yeah i'm not a member so i don't know <laughs> uh anyway yeah that's definitely not something that you you would purchase at aldi that's for sure that's true no they don't have uh, whiskey that costs anywhere near that and actually you know where we live Aldi isn't allowed to sell whiskey sadly uh, they can sell beer though they can't sell beer yeah. uh, but all right let's get on to yeah the biggest uh, story of this week Matt and that is the relief bill that was passed last week and signed into law earlier this week we touched on this last Friday briefly but now that it's official it's time to dive into the details and what they mean for you. Uh, the most notable provision is that another round of stimulus checks are included at $600 per person, including adults and children. That's only half of what people received last year, so I know a lot of folks are bummed. There's been a, a lot of, of people writing about the fact that the stimulus is, is kind of lame in comparison. Uh, but that does mean that a family of four would receive $2,400, and those funds are already being deposited into accounts, according to the Treasury Secretary. So yeah, if you received a stimulus last time around, you should still qualify this time. And keep an eye on your account because it should be showing up shortly. Yeah. So let's talk about the requirements that'll uh, determine how much money you'll get. Uh, you will receive that full stimulus amount if you're single and if you have an adjusted gross income of $75,000 or less. 
or if you're married and filing jointly, uh, you'll receive the full amount if you earn $150,000 or less. You know, above those limits, your payments will decrease by $5 per $100 you make over that threshold. But again, if you make uh, that amount or less, you are entitled to the full amount. Uh, and also, you might have heard of the $2,000 check uh, being kind of tossed around, being talked about. It was proposed by the president. But at this point, that is not happening. Uh, it kind of remains a political football. Um, there's you know, potential for more stimulus and relief uh, later in the year, but not in this round. Yeah, not right now. Uh, so, so what do people need to do? Well, just like the stimulus checks last year, these payments aren't going to be taxed, and they should start showing up in your account automatically. And especially if you received the check last year, you shouldn't have to do anything. You can check the status of your payment under the Get My Payment section at irs.gov. We'll, we'll put that link in our show notes. But at the time of this recording, that page is being updated. So yeah, hopefully it'll be back up soon so people can check the status of where they're at because obviously this is much anticipated money that people are looking forward to and, and many Americans who are continuing to struggle during this time actually really need. Yeah, there's a decent chance by the time you're listening to this episode, you might have that money in your account, which would be amazing. Another big aspect of the relief bill are the federal unemployment benefits. Since last July, uh, folks without work uh, have had $300 per week in federal benefits on top of any state unemployment. Um, but that assistance was set to expire December 31st, yesterday. But the new relief bill extended that uh, for another 11 weeks, uh, and that will remain until March 14th. Yeah, what was interesting, Matt, too, in this is that there were some talks about the benefits lapsing because there was a delay in signing the bill into law. But the Department of Labor just sent out a news release, and there's not going to be a lapse in benefits, which is great for people who are on the unemployment rolls right now. So we'll link to that news release if you'd like to read it straight from the source. We'll also include a link to a helpful table that includes all the benefit programs like pandemic unemployment assistance and... The, PUA, as I like to call it. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, PUA, also the pig in Moana, I believe. Um, Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I only know that because my kids have watched it a million times with me right there. But yeah, we'll, we'll put links to all that important stuff, uh, not a link to uh, watch Moana, but all the other stuff in, in the show notes on our website. Yeah, and the relief bill uh, also included a lot of other provisions and benefits, uh, like targeted relief to specific industries and, and changes to uh, flexible spending accounts, things like that as well. We'll continue to unpack all of this because there was a lot in there. They packed a lot into this bill. Uh, there was a lot that was included, but we'll save more of that actually for next week. All right. And, and let's talk about something that wasn't included in this bill, Matt, and, and kind of shockingly to, uh, to a lot of people. Uh, it was that there wasn't any sort of extension on student loan forbearance. So that means that federal student loans will resume come February 1st. And according to Forbes, some borrowers have actually already received notices letting them know that their payments will be restarting. So that's kind of one of those things. Student loans have been this hot button topic. And it was assumed that uh, some extra forbearance, uh, a longer period of not having to pay on those student loans might make its way into this bill, but it didn't. Right. But a student loan provision that was included, uh, the government is allowing employers to continue to make payments uh, either directly to an employee with student loans or to the, the lender directly uh, who they have their loans with. Uh, and these payments will be tax free. So you know these payments can be up to $5,250 per year per employee. And so the reason we mention this is, uh, is that this is something worth asking your employer about if you haven't heard about this being offered where you work. And specifically, it's called the Employer Student Loan Repayment Assistance Program. Uh, and so your employer uh, is entitled to uh, an employer student loan repayment assistance 
tax deduction <laughs> or a tax credit if they were to take part in this. But this is the program that you should be looking for uh, if you're interested in that. It might be something that your employer is offering as an additional perk. It could also be something that certain employers might be rolling into compensation packages as additional benefits uh, for their new hires as well. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and if you haven't heard about this um, at where you work, you can ask your HR person and, and see if it is a benefit that you're entitled to. And if it's not, it's worth you know, demanding it. <laughs> Maybe not demanding. Maybe asking nicely. Yeah, asking politely. Because <laughs> because this is uh, the sort of thing that that an employer might want to do in order to retain talent. And at the same time, it can be a benefit both for you and the employer in retaining talent, uh, while also avoiding taxation. It can be better than offering a bonus at the end of the year, offering to pay a portion of your student loans instead. And of course, by the way, with a new administration coming in shortly, Matt, in 2021, there could be even more changes coming with student loans and a, a lot of other will be. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, obviously, we'll keep following this, and we'll let you know of any other changes that come about that are important to you and your personal finances. All right, but we got more to get to, including predictions about what's going to happen this year in the economy. We'll get to that plus a couple more stories right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. 
Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back from the break. And before we get to you know some thoughts on what the year holds ahead, dude, let's, let's talk quickly about uh, reasons to beware of debit cards. Ooh, I'm being wary. <laughs> Uh, is episode 149. We actually talked about uh, in depth, you know, as, as to the pros and cons of using cash, debit, or credit. And we came down solidly on the side of using credit cards to make your regular purchases if you can pay that monthly bill in full and on time. We saw recently a piece in the USA Today, uh, and it made us think how we should basically bring this up again. You know, and the biggest reason that debit cards aren't as smart of a choice is because of the lack of consumer protections that they have. You could be held liable for money that is spent from your checking account if your card is lost or stolen. Uh, and that's just not the case with credit cards. You know, Instead of fighting to re- reverse charges like you would with a credit card company, instead you're going to be fighting to get actual money back that was taken out of your account. A lot of it has to do with when you notice that that money was taken out of your account, when those expenses took place. Because if you wait too long, you're going to be on the hook, not just for fees, but uh, a certain portion of the total amount that was spent as well. Yeah, so uh, that episode I think had some really good uh, nuggets in in it about what payment method you use and when uh, each one makes sense. And, and yeah, we would say debit cards. A lot of people like to use debit cards. They feel like the safest and best way to pay for things, and that's actually not the case. There are some negative elements to debit cards, in particular what you just mentioned, Matt. All right, let's talk about uh, 2021 predictions, Matt. Um, we don't really have any big ones. This show is not about you and I making outlandish predictions for the coming year. I wish it were. That'd be kind of fun. But um, I don't know. Do you, do you have a random out? outlandish prediction you want to make? Oh, maybe I'll predict that we'll go from a one-car family to a zero-car family just to outdo you guys. <laughs> okay, that's uh, outlandish, truly, because I, I don't actually see that happening for you. I Yeah, I, I can't see how we would actually be able to survive with no car, but I bet there's folks out there who do it with four kids as well. Yeah, but. yeah, maybe. But so much of that depends on where you live, too. Uh, that is true. Zero cars is, is more possible in some places uh, rather than others. Yeah, if you have no kids and if you live in a, a denser city. We, don't, we You and I, we live in the city here. We live in the same neighborhood, but it's not like we're just a couple blocks from hopping on a train or something like that. Right, right. All right, well, let's talk about some of the predictions floating around right now. I think like, I think of these 
predictions at the beginning of the year or the end of 2020 uh, about what's going to happen in 2021, I think most of them seem like this fool's errand to me. There, there are dozens of stories, people making predictions about what the American economy and the stock market is going to do next year. And in fact, at the end of 2019, the, the median prediction uh, was that the S&P 500 would gain 2.7% in 2020. Well, in reality, it, it was up 15% on the year. So most so of those crazy. people were not just wrong, they were way, way off, <laughs> right? And that's after a 30% drop, uh, what, back in March? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, right after COVID became a reality, it was uh, then doom and gloom predictions were all the rage. It was like, how far is the stock market going to drop? 50, 60%. Right. Um, and and it, who could have really actually foreseen what happened in 2020 happening uh, in reality? So re- remember that when you see these headlines touting what's going to happen in the coming year, that most of those articles are, are clickbait and they're not going to actually be helpful to you and your personal finance pursuits this year. You can't predict what's going to happen. So yeah, we would suggest that you just keep chugging along and investing like you normally would. Typically, those articles, those predictions are more sizzle than steak. Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah, they don't have the substance. Makes uh, me think of the uh, How to Money Christmas party, that the <laughs> year-end holiday party that we had with our wives. You and I had some delicious steaks. Uh, did, we, did we actually say that we were going to get steaks before this past Wednesday's episode? Because that's what we ended up doing, and they were some delicious local steaks. They, they were good. They were great. <laughs> but yeah, just, just don't let those headlines, don't let that stuff influence how it is that you invest your money. Just, just keep on keeping on. Yeah, obviously it's impossible to predict what will happen with the stock market this year. But there was this uh, interesting piece in Morningstar about what spending habits could look like this year. Uh, the reality of vaccine rollouts could make a big difference in some areas of consumer spending that were massively curbed last year, uh, including travel, dining out, in-store shopping. Uh, These are all industries and areas where I know I definitely spent a lot less money. Uh, And so it'll certainly be interesting to see the rate at which those categories make a comeback in our lives and in the economy in general as well. Yeah. And so much of that uh, has to do with how quickly the vaccine rollouts happen. And it looks like they're going a little bit slower than anticipated. Yeah. a lot slower. (laughs) Evidently, the the year-end goal was uh, for 20 million people to be vaccinated (laughs) by the end of 2020, which, did they just choose 20 million because it's like 2020? Like, come on, guys. (laughs) Like, was this based on anything other than just, you know, wishful thinking? Or was there an actual plan? I don't know. But I'm certainly, obviously, we're very happy to see that more and more folks are getting vaccinated every single day. Hopefully, we'll be back to normal uh, sooner than we realize. Yeah, let's hope so. And uh, let's keep talking about predictions a little bit, Matt. The housing market continues to do incredibly well, and predictions for this year from many housing experts point toward the housing market continuing to see uh, really good price increases. Many folks were surprised to see how well real estate did as a sector in 2020 despite the pandemic. And in fact, COVID turned out to be more uh, of an accelerator, Matt, of the trends that we were already seeing in real estate. Well, Realtor.com is making a prediction that home prices will rise close to 6% in the coming year. Obviously, we'll see what happens, but this prediction and whether it occurs or not uh, is going to be determined by a number of factors, including what happens with interest rates and whether they stay as low as they currently are. And that remains to be seen. Yeah, well, something else affecting housing prices, bidding wars, man, they are still happening uh, on roughly 50% of homes that are up for sale. This is according to Redfin.com. And that means, obviously, you know, when you make an offer on a home that you're interested in, that you're not alone. Uh, Bidding wars have become insane in some markets. So people are having to, to resort to other interesting tactics in order to buy a home. If you're hoping to buy a home, uh, you know this coming year, you might need to make some some strategy changes in order to make sure that you are able to acquire, that you're able to get the home that you actually want. Yeah, let's talk about that, Matt. Uh, getting the house you want. There's a lot that's at play 
in in making that happen. That includes being on top of what's going on in the market. So you have to kind of be be studying your local real estate market, and you have to know what things are worth and know when things go up for sale. You'll want to have uh, an agent who knows the neighborhood that you're interested in incredibly well, so that he or she is abreast of what's hitting the market and when it's hitting the market. And Matt, too, a lot of homes are being sold before they even formally hit the market. So that makes it even more crucial for your agent to have kind of that insider on the ground knowledge and know a lot of other realtors in the area that can be the difference between you getting an awesome home that you want or missing out completely. Also, too, the more you can put down, the stronger it's going to make your offer look. It can also help to keep contingency periods short for the benefit of the seller as well as to develop a personal connection. You know, writing something like a personalized letter can go a long way towards making your offer stand out. Often, a real estate transaction can be incredibly impersonal, and that personalized letter that you write to the seller can make everything feel just a little bit more personal, and that can actually help you potentially get the house that you're looking for. Yeah, well, I know we specifically missed out on a house because uh, somebody that we're going up against had written a personalized letter. Oh, wow. Yeah, they had written about how much they love the neighborhood, how they could see themselves, see herself in that house, and the thing is, the seller was also a single female. Uh-huh. And so we found that out after the fact. I was like, dang it. <laughs> no wonder she went with her instead of yeah, Kate and I. I mean, I'm just thinking but about... It's just a great way to yeah, make sure, to, to make you stand out a little bit more than all the other offers that are showing up, right? Yeah. If I was selling a house, I mean, a personalized letter about why that person wanted the house, if there's a bidding war oh, yeah. and there's three people and the differences are minuscule, of course, I'm going to take that into consideration and totally. it's going to go a long way. Yeah. And so speaking of home values, right? As home prices have risen, that means that homeowners are are sitting on more home equity these days as well. In Q3 of 2020, uh, homeowners saw an overall increase in the equity of their homes to the tune of $1 billion. $1 billion. And that's only in one quarter. That's in Q3 of last year, man. That means an average home equity increase of $17,000 per homeowner. That is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's really incredible. So so what should people do if you know they find themselves owing less on their home while at the same time the value is skyrocketing? It can be tempting to try to get at that home equity and do something with it. But the answer is probably not much if you find yourself in that situation like a lot of people do. You, you might want to consider refinancing if you if you didn't initially maybe put much down on the property that you're living in, especially if the rise in value means that you can ditch PMI by refinancing. If you're considering tapping your home equity, that should only be done when you're planning to make improvements to the property. If that's you, now's a solid time to take out a HELOC at a really low rate. And in particular, credit unions are often a great place to turn for those. But most of us, we should just be sitting tight and be thankful that our homes are rising in value. And then we should just continue to work towards paying them off slowly but surely. Home equity shouldn't be used as a piggy bank to fund other stuff in our lives. And so I see stats like that. And I know people are itching to get at that money, Matt, but it's just not a good idea for most people to be touching it at all. Yeah, that's right. Definitely don't use it as a piggy bank to score some rare sports memorabilia, even if you love <laughs> baseball, even if you love Babe Ruth. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully, listeners, you have found this episode helpful, and you can find links to some of the different resources we mentioned during this episode up on our website at howtomoney.com. And man, we didn't even mention that this is episode 300. This is the, the first episode of the new year. It's 2021. We are excited for the content and for the, the, the episodes that we're going to be bringing to you, our listeners. We've got a great episode on Monday about habits. We've got Charles Duhigg on, the master of habit creation. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing that episode with you on Monday. Uh, but Joel, that's going to be it for this one, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Voice. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.